I used to think that eating a lot of salads, you know, with cut up raw vegetables and smoothies and even having like frozen yogurt for dessert, that that was like a healthy nutrition plan. Because I thought that raw foods give you a lot of nutrients and enzymes and that by eating in that way, I was really helping to optimize my health. And of course, I learned when I started studying Chinese medicine that that was totally the opposite of what's true. And that's likely what was really the foundation of you having all those painful menstrual cycles that you said got you started with acupuncture. Absolutely. And a lot of problems with my gut health. I used to have a lot of stomach aches and issues and I just could never really get comfortable. And I never realized that that connection existed between my diet and my overall health, that what I was doing with my diet was contributing to all the health issues I was having. You were what they say in Chinese medicine, inducing cold internally, which will impair the qi. So you end up cold will cause pain and then the qi weakens. So then the function of your digestion is going to go down as well as your immunity. I'm sure a lot of our listeners could relate to this because it's pretty trendy nowadays to have a morning smoothie. And then especially for people trying to lose weight, uh, they tend to eat a lot of salads and raw vegetables. Yeah, and we see that all the time in the clinic, right? We have patients come in and when we ask them about their diet, they'll say, oh, I eat really, really well. I have, you know, a salad for lunch, a salad for dinner, a smoothie for breakfast. And it's understandable because it is trendy and we're taught these ideas about nutrition and health that don't incorporate the principles that we know about in Chinese medicine. Natural Healing Podcast, the show designed to guide, inspire, and empower you to elevate your health so you can achieve your goals and dreams. We are your hosts, Dr. Satar Mawafi and Salvador Cephalou, a husband and wife team of acupuncturists and owners of a Center for Natural Healing, an integrative wellness clinic based in the heart of Silicon Valley. We're here to make the ancient wisdom of healing practical and accessible for your modern lifestyle. So before we embark on discussing the perils of cold, why don't we present the uh, eight principles of Chinese medicine diagnosis. The eight principles was established by a medical doctor named Zhang Jiebin, later known as Zhang Jingwei, and he was alive during the Ming Dynasty, so like mid-16th century to the mid-17th century. And this is when the Ming changed into the Qing Dynasty. And this is important because during the Ming Dynasty, they started to establish uh, standards or they standardized Chinese medicine, which was done by a, a body of scholars that were part of the Imperial Academy at the time. Now, Zhang Jiebin, he created this theory of the eight principles, and it's based on the basic principles of Taoism called yin and yang. And then from those two principles, he created six subcategories. 
And those became the eight principles that are to this day the foundation of Chinese diagnosis. And to understand the eight principles, it's really important to understand fundamentally the difference between yin and yang. So yin and yang are what kind of create the fundamental aspect of all of the other principles that we're going to talk about. So the difference between yin and yang can be seen in nature. So you can think of yin as anything that's more cold. If you're more of a contemplative, introverted person, you would be more yin by nature, anything that's quieter, anything that has to do with the evening or nighttime is more yin. Anything that is more yang would be more kind of extroverted, more active. The warmer seasons would be more yang. And anything that is moving is considered yang by nature. Yeah. So you could just think of the sun and the moon. The sun's going to be the yang aspect and the moon is going to be the the quiet contemplative yin aspect. Exactly. And you can apply these principles to really anything, whether it's your personality or nature or activity. Yin and yang is the foundation for all of life. And yin is going to also relate to the fluids of the body. So they have, they break it down into what we call thin and thick fluids. And then you have the blood. And then yang is going to be the chi because the chi is what warms the body up. So that's the foundational understanding of yin and yang. From there is where they they started to break down imbalances that occur. So if there's too much yin, then you're going to have cold. And that cold could be on the exterior or the interior. So you're going to have cold or heat, and then you're going to have interior or exterior as the other two principles. And then you're going to have excess or deficiency. And so you could have too much yin, you could have a lack of yin, you could have too much chi, or you could have a deficiency of chi. So yin and yang, cold and hot, internal, external, and in deficiency and excess are the total of the eight principles. So since we started today's podcast uh, with discussing the impact of cold that can be induced through the diet, and then we're also recording this during the winter time, so cold can also be induced through the environment. Well, needless to say, it's really important to keep your body warm at this time. But one of the other things that we started this episode off with that's also really important is nutrition and diet, the foods that you eat. And we know the principles, and we've mentioned them in other episodes, but we'll get into a little bit more depth here. The principles of hot and cold in terms of the inherent temperatures of food are going to be really important. So not just whether you warm up your food, but whether you're eating more warming foods, like a lot of spices will help to keep your internal body temperature a little higher, but also making sure that you are eating warm foods like soups and stews and things like that are also going to help prevent inducing too much cold internally. Now, the foods that are cooling in nature, like fruits or yogurt, those are the types of foods that you want to be avoiding at this time of year because eating a lot of those foods that have cold in their nature, that's going to induce more cold inside of your body as well. So why don't we emphasize to our audience the harm that too much cold can do to the body? Well, for one thing, it constricts chi. It constricts the movement of chi and also blood in the body, which can create pain, especially sharp pain is associated with cold. Yeah, and that pain could be on the surface. So you get a stiff neck 
You can have stiffness of your joints and painful muscles, like rheumatism and stuff like that. Or it could be internal, you know, as you've talked about with the diet, you can have a lot of gut pain, the menstrual pain. Even when cold is induced internally for a woman, even a man, infertility can develop. Yeah, and something that many people, I think, experience is digestive issues. Like if you have a lot of cold in the gut, then you can easily get diarrhea or just stomach pain and digestive discomfort as well. Yeah, and let's not forget how a lot of medication will induce cold. So you could think of like anti-inflammatories. So it's going to counter the heat. That's going to induce cold. An antibiotic is going to counter the heat, the fever. That will induce cold. And that's why a lot of people, when they take these medications, end up with secondary problems, you know, or iatrogenic problems that, that are tied into the medications themselves. I've seen cases where people are on hypertension medication, so it's lowering the blood pressure, but in doing that, they are suppressing the yang qi, the warming energy, and they have developed, uh, some develop low libido or even erectile dysfunction from some medication like this. So it's imperative to know how, first of all, medications are going to impact us uh, systemically, and then also uh, ways that we can possibly use Chinese medicine to counter some of these side effects if a person needs to be on some of these drugs. Or if you're in a really cold environment, right? What can you do so that that cold doesn't penetrate internally into your body? Well, this is especially important for women when they're menstruating. That's why they always say when a woman is menstruating to stay out of a swimming pool because the, the cold and the damp can literally penetrate through the lower orifice, and that could lead to uh, menstrual problems and, and, as we've said earlier, infertility. Yeah, and that makes me think about how birth control medication also induces cold in the liver, we say, which regulates the menstrual cycle. And so if you're inducing a lot of cold and slowing down or stagnating the bleeding, then that creates kind of a cold constriction rather than having the free flow of that blood, which helps to cleanse the body. So when you have these types of factors, like different medications, if you're having to take them or a certain environment that you're in due to cold weather, then it's always really important that you counter the effects of whatever it is in that environment or in that medication with what you do with your diet and lifestyle to prevent that cold from really becoming a problem. Right. And something that's very common is how birth control pills cause headaches in women and some women can't take it at all or just take any uh, birth control medication. And that's because of the way the liver is being constricted and so it can't do its normal function of keeping the chi smoothly flowing through the body. So obviously we all are exposed to cold, whether it's through the environment or through food or if you have to take medication. And so I think it's helpful if we give our listeners a few takeaways so that they can counter the effects of these cold patterns so they don't turn into pathology in their internal bodies. Well, one of the most simple things is to not drink cold beverages and, you know, cold water. So it's best not to keep your water in the refrigerator or to drop ice cubes in your water. And so consume room temperature, and when the weather's really cold, definitely warm the water up. 
So you can drink more hot water or have like ginger tea, which has a warming and harmonizing quality that also helps to aid digestion. Turmeric is really popular these days. And then don't hesitate to soak in hot water, like on a cold night or a cold morning and your feet are freezing. It's very important because some people just have chronic cold feet. Soaking for 10 minutes or more is, is very useful to warm up the metabolism. It'll even help warm up their hands. And if you don't have a bathtub, you can just soak your feet in the water, yeah, the hot water. That could be even better because they don't diffuse so much heat. Like a shower could be diffusing the heat too much of a hot shower. Especially if you come out and it's cold in the environment that you're in. Right. If you have the, the opportunity to have a home sauna, that's obviously an ideal way to, to keep your, your chi warm. And then hot packs. You, nowadays you could find hot packs that you could put in the microwave and you place those on your lower belly, below your navel, or you place them on your lower back if you're having a stiff neck or even a headache. So some headaches could be a constricting cold headache. And then you could put the hot pack at the base of your neck and that'll help warm up your limbs as well and uh, soften the stiffness. But let's not forget, if you're having too much cold in your diet, like if you're having daily salads and tuna salads and all this kind of you know, raw vegetables, which is so common with people wanting to lose weight, this is going to make you feel colder, it's going to slow down your metabolism and actually make it harder to lose weight. Can you explain why that is? Well, because when you're consuming too much cold food, the chi of the spleen is going to be impaired. And that is what helps regulate the metabolism. And so the spleen won't be able to create chi, won't be able to create energy. And so a person will feel more fatigue and lethargy. I remember years ago in a Chinese medicine dietetics class, when the teacher touched on this point about eating too much salads, one of the students commented how he couldn't lose weight until he stopped eating salad. Yeah, I see that with patients in the clinic, and I'm sure you do too. It's interesting though, because at first, whenever you change your diet, if you're not, you know, if you're eating a lot of sugars and damp foods, or you're eating too much, and then you switch to eating salads, at first you'll lose weight. And that's because you're reducing your caloric consumption and also maybe eating a little bit healthier than you were before. But then over time, because the nature of those salads and because you're eating so much raw food in the salads, what that does is it slows down your metabolism. It also makes it very difficult to digest other foods because when the spleen chi is weak, then its transportation and transformation function gets impaired for everything else, including how you process everything else you eat and also the way that you process your thoughts because the spleen has an extension and that extension is the mind. And that also gets impaired if we eat a lot of cold foods. Yeah, you might not be able to focus as well and have a sharp concentration. And impatients realize this themselves, especially people who have a tendency to have weakness of their, their gut, their spleen energy. They'll realize that uh, eating those salads and raw food, it causes them to have diarrhea, for example, or they just get pain, gut pain. And I think when they switch over to the soups and more warm you know, foods that are cooked, it's much more nourishing too. So that's something, an immediate effect you can notice as well. Well, and that's why congee is such a therapeutic food, because when people are rehabilitating in Asia, they reach for the, the congee, which is uh, like a cooked rice. It's like eating stew, which is something that has been metabolized for a long time already in the cooker. 
whether it's your instant pot or just a crock pot, that's doing a lot of the cooking for you. So then it's easy to assimilate something that's cooked in that fashion. Yeah. If you have a weak digestion, if you tend to eat something and then run to the bathroom, or if you have difficulty with digesting foods, like you get a lot of bloating and fatigue after you eat, that's a really strong indication that you have weakness in your spleen cheese so that your metabolism is not strong. And so when you have issues like that, you may consider actually cooking your foods for even longer. And the misconception is that when you cook foods for longer, then you're not getting any nutrient value out of the foods. But the key is to get as much nutrient value as your body can process. So it's not about what's in the food, but how your body metabolizes the food. How you're absorbing that food. Exactly. If you go to our website, acenterfornaturalhealing.com forward slash blog and type in the word congee, C-O-N-G-E-E in the search bar, you're going to see an article pop up about the efficacy of congee to heal your gut. And we also have included a recipe that you can try right at home. So in summary, to counter the cold that you may experience in your environment or with medications or in your diet... You want to make sure in general to avoid cold food and beverages. Don't drop the ice cubes into your water or into your drink. Avoid smoothies as much as you can. Make sure to keep your body warm if it's feeling cold in particular by taking a hot bath or just doing a foot soak to warm up your limbs. And also make sure to take advantage of using hot packs. So placing them over your lower back, your lower abdomen, as well as the base of your neck and around your neck to make sure that you keep your body temperature higher and also prevent cold from going in through any part of the spine. Now we want to hear from you. Visit acenterfornaturalhealing.com forward slash cold and let us know the biggest insight you took away from this episode. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Natural Healing Podcast. We look forward to connecting with you again next time. Bye.